This episode of The Greatest Generation was recorded in front of a live audience in San Francisco on our 2016 tour of the West Coast. Enjoy! Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage! Take it off. Guys, my mom and dad are in the crowd. Please limit your... <laughs> please, please limit your sexual catcalls to Adam only. <laughs> my show isn't going to change a bit from this perspective. Uh, you are sitting in a room watching The Greatest Generation... A Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm Ben Harrison. I'm Adam Franica. Now, Adam, we've been on tour for a, a couple of days now. Um, <laughs> not everybody knows that I'm out here doing this. In fact, uh, you said during the Seattle show that you have plenty of close friends in Seattle that were not uh, privy to the fact that we were... <laughs> Performing a live Star Trek podcast there. I had very close friends there who didn't come to the show because they didn't know about it. Because I didn't tell them. One, one of my groomsmen texted me today and he was like, Hey man, you up for a hang? <laughs> and I've never told him about this. <laughs> and I was like, I got Like, this is where I come clean. And I texted him back. I was like, Hey dude, I'm actually uh, on the West Coast touring my Star Trek podcast. <laughs> Did he retroactively remove himself from your, from yeah, your wedding like, party? <laughs> it was like Back to the Future, all the photos, yeah. he's disappearing. <laughs> uh, he, he texted back, you're the Kanye West of Star Trek podcast. <laughs> Which is a premise that I feel like I love, but I don't fully understand. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I mean, I, I do like the idea of just, like, fully embracing, like, an ugly side of my ego, but <laughs> this I don't, isn't... I the, don't think these nice people would allow that. Yeah, no, this isn't the context for, for doing that, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he, he said that in the dark, not knowing anything. Like, <laughs> I felt like I'd admitted that I'd been, like, uh, like killing people for the last six months or something. <laughs> like, I'm sure he just said that out of shock, like, great, cool, <laughs> You have murdered your reputation with him. <laughs> uh, Adam, we are here to discuss a motion picture in the Star Trek franchise, and it is a motion picture by the name of Star Trek Generations. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a level of indifference that adds up just about. That's <laughs> so you've seen the, the film. occasion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> This is the, uh, like the film that was meant to be the handoff, like the original cast uh, sending the The original cast waddles their way around the track <laughs> with the baton, passing it to the far more youthful, yet still equally <laughs> waddly yeah. new cast. Yeah. Well, uh, you want to see how, how that all went, Adam? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Sonical 
If you guys are going to cheer the drops... <laughs> We're in good shape. We're in great, great shape. <laughs> we don't need to bring the A material. <laughs> we can bring the B material or perhaps the D material. <laughs> I don't know if I have the sitcom It gets more laughter. embarrassing than that. <laughs> Uh, so this film opens on a star field and it's like this discordant note and it's like, oh fuck, this is just like Alien. This is going to be awesome. And then a bottle of wine floats into the frame. <laughs> just what I always wanted as a kid. <laughs> a four-minute wine-floating-in-space sequence. How this movie spends its time <laughs> is still surprising to me. Yeah. Four minutes of wine spinning. Yeah. I mean, it's a long opening sequence. and, and, and also These just... people are taking credit for the movie, too. <laughs> proudly. Hey, guys, get a load of us. <laughs> like, to, to end your opening sequence with a bunch of people clapping, but you can't hear them clapping... That's such a vanity credit, too. The, really? director, the director name is up. Everyone's clapping. It's terrible. Uh, so this is, the, uh, this is the christening of the good ship Enterprise B. Uh, the, I guess this is uh, retroactively the fourth ship to be called Enterprise, right? Because there's the Enterprise in the Enterprise show. Then there's Enterprise, Enterprise A. Number four, Adam. I think your math is right. Um, B equals four. Uh, keep track of that. There's a secret code at play in the whole show. Um, uh, and, uh, and so Kirk, Scotty, and Chekhov are going to uh, come aboard and hang out on the bridge for the maiden voyage of the B uh, while, uh, while Captain Cameron, uh, uh, you know, like is there, he's, he's He's, uh, he's got the press. He's, uh, he's really excited to, with, about the pomp and circumstance. I thought we'd have solved for the woefully underprepared leader taking a command position uh -huh. in something that was previously a very proud thing by then. Like, I, I personally am really this proud. This is a very contemporary issue we're having right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I get it. They communicate in metaphor. <laughs> You sounded a little Mr. DNA right there. <laughs> Darmok Angelad. <laughs> They're in your blood. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, I think it's really cool that Cameron has taken the, the Enterprise out for a spin. Like, usually it's in the garage and his dad just rubs it with a diaper. Yeah. He's like, he's becoming his own man. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Kirk is Ferris in this analogy. He's definitely Ferris. He's fat Ferris. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, you, know how, you know how maiden voyages go, right? It's always a fucking disaster. <laughs> Every time a ship goes on its maiden voyage, there is an emergency immediately. Every time we see a ship in a starbase, it's a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the most dangerous place to be. Right. I mean, if it's, if it's not a maiden voyage or a, a starship hijacking, it's like a, a death ray that's scanning through the ship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah they, should, they should be a lot 
on a lot higher alert, let's just say. I had some hope for the ship, because this is a hood-class starship yeah. we've got here. <laughs> this is the best of the hood class. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the hood class is great, but it's not like known for being super tough or like... Fast. Yeah. <laughs> or having all its equipment. <laughs> I think by the time DeSoto got his ship, uh, it was just as without all of these... They're like, how did DeSoto get to be a captain? How, what kind of ship would we even give him? <laughs> Let's give him something that he's not going to break. The mid-sized car of starships. Mm -hmm. The safety scissor of starships. Yeah. Uh, so this disaster is that there are two Elorian uh, refugee ships, and they are caught in a classic Star Trek time-space anomaly of some and kind. And MacGuffin ribbon. <laughs> mm. Uh, and uh, and uh, even though the Enterprise is just leaving Earth space dock, there are no other spaceships anywhere nearby, which I love. Like the the seat of of power in the Federation, the the center of a huge a huge cooperative of planets, and uh, no starships in, anywhere nearby. Try to imagine Pearl Harbor just having one ship there. <laughs> That's what we're dealing with. Yeah. We lost the service dinghy. <laughs> the Japanese will pay. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, the, uh, this is like a young, untested crew on the Enterprise B, and, um, and they're, you know, sailing off into this disaster, and Kirk is like, he is champing at the bit. He's like, ooh, let me command something right now. <laughs> He's eyeing that chair lustily. <laughs> yeah. He is literally circling the bridge like a shark. There's like actual Jaws music playing right there. <laughs> Cameron's just throwing chum <laughs> around the... Around the <laughs> what is Kirk chum, you think? <laughs> Green babes? I don't know. Captain Kirk. I would appreciate any Hair suggestions piece adhesive? you might have. And then you see... His Earth eyes roll back, and he's like, rawr, 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 rawr. <laughs> I know what to do in emergency. And now I am going to physically assault a reporter. <laughs> Fun times. <laughs> I mean, like, Kirk's whole, whole character motivation in this whole sequence is, like, either be captain or be hero. And... Like, he's so bored at the beginning because there's no opportunity yet. Like, you can see the glee in his performance when, when, <laughs> when there's a, an emergency afoot. And, like, and then it's just like, okay, let me slide into, like, let me slide into command as quickly as possible. <laughs> he looks so comfortable under three layers of wool. <laughs> yeah, so they, uh, they sail into this thing, and it's like, it, you know, it's... There's some, some danger to it. There's, uh, the ship is at risk, and it uh, starts getting some bangers dropped on it. And Kirk uses these bangers to his advantage. Using a resonance burst from the main deflector deck. Oops. <laughs> Just fell into the captain's chair. Who, me? <laughs> well, as long as I'm over here, it is a nice chair. Uh, I'm gonna, he's like one-upping himself in the heroism department. 
I like how he uses his ass to widen the armrest as he gets in. He, he really twists in there. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. It was tailored for the Cameron ass, which is nice, yeah. and, nice and narrow. <laughs> it's the, the, Not the mighty pear shape yeah. of Shatner. Yeah. Like, like, Cameron is the sausage king of Chicago, but Shatner's who you would picture yeah. as the sausage king of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Which came first, the Austin Powers "Oh, I fell over" gag or Shatner's move here? Because it's oh, that's a good question. It's the same gag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I made a sexy mistake. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, so so the plan, I guess, is they're gonna they lose one of the Elorian ships right off the bat. Two hundred people, fifty people dead, uh, and uh, and they're like trying to save the second one and. Like, the th- things that are messing up that ship are messing up the Enterprise now. And nothing is aboard the ship. Like, they don't have torpedoes. They don't have a tractor beam. Everything's getting delivered on Tuesday. <laughs> and all it takes to fix all of these systems are just swapping a couple of isolinear chips. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so Kirk goes down to, like, the, uh, the dark uh, ladder and catwalky part of the ship. <laughs> I feel like Shatner's like, I'm not doing the movie without an action scene. And the director's got big ideas about what an action scene is. And Shatner's like, no way. Like, I'm comfortable doing the ladders. Have you seen that thick ass wool jacket I'm going to be wearing? Nuh-uh. <laughs> so Shatner, there's good ventilation down there in the, uh, in the catwalk section. You'd think he'd do this maneuver yeah, before like, doing the ladders. <laughs> yeah. No time for backup. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he totally does some, like, Shimoda stuff, like reorganizing the isolinear chips, gets everything, gets everything squared away, and they, I don't know, what do they do, a resonance burst, probably? That sounds about right. <laughs> There's no way to find out for sure, but <laughs> it's something like that. And uh, they, they get, uh, like, some but not all of the people on the ship, right? They get a Worf-approved amount of survivors <laughs> out of this mission. Like, they lose a great many, but yeah. neg- negligible losses, Yeah, I would say. So among these, uh, among these people is a very angry Alex from A Clockwork Orange. I've been calling him Sting on this tour. <laughs> I, keep trying to, I keep trying to get caught up, like, get that in my head that we're calling him Sting. Uh, but he's pissed. He's ripped shit. He's like, send me back to that ship that just blew up. That's where I want to be. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, you need to calm down. And I think I, Chekhov actually like, hits him in the neck with a high post spray. Yeah, takes him down with a dart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, another survivor is Guinan. And she's like looking real stunned. I don't even think she has a line in this. She's just like, that was... That was some shit. You can pick her big hat out of a crowd yeah. pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. It's at first you just see the, the uh, shadow on the wall, and you're like, I know that, I know, I know that hat profile anywhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the, uh, the uh, Enterprise B has saved very few of these people, and as they're, as they're pulling out of the uh, wake of this, of this rift... Uh, they realize that there's a, a big gash in the belly of the ship, and they run down there, and uh, it's Cameron and Scotty, and uh, Chekhov runs in, and they're looking at this, this big hole into space, and Chekhov goes like, 
Oh, fuck, I hope nobody was in here. That would be terrible. <laughs> that would be a great place to end this act. <laughs> Botany Bay? Oh, no. <laughs> we got the best impressions. <laughs> Uh, Very classy impressions. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, it's, it, it, it ends on a real bummer. They, uh, they have lost Captain Kirk. He, he dead. What we've been sold about oh, this movie... Oh, spoiler Have you guys seen the movie yet? <laughs> you, you know that we're going to talk about the entire thing, right? <laughs> we were sold a Next Generation movie, were yes. we not? Yeah, and... This we, is a half an hour of this scene. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't even get the whole TOS cast. They got, like, yeah. Kirk and a couple of also-rans, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Where's yeah. Bones? Where's Spock? I need my holy trinity, y'all. Don't know, don't care. Well, <laughs> we fade up on... Uh, oh, you're missing an interstitial. Oh, yeah, man. that's true. That's the end of Act 1. Adam, you keep me on my toes. I'm focused on production. <laughs> and not comedy. <laughs> uh, so, so we fade up on some beautiful blue water, and the camera sweeps up, and uh, it is Picard, it's Riker, it's almost everybody from the TNG cast on board a beautiful tall ship in the middle of the ocean. It's the only two that are missing are, Wes, uh, are Worf and Wesley. The boy. I kind of stepped on my own drop. Kind of did. I, I suck. <laughs> uh, they, are, they are assembled here today for a ceremony to advance Worf in rank from lieutenant to lieutenant commander. But the way they choose to do that is by uh, kind of a problematic, like, put Worf down in the brig. Like, in chains? Yeah. It's and like, then walk him up? Yeah. It's really fucked up, right? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like LeVar Burton sees this scene go one time and is like, I have a note for the director. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say this is strike one. <laughs> no one listens to LeVar Burton yeah. about this scene. They bring Worf up. He's like shackled. And they read the charges and it's like, Worf, you're great. We think you're great. <laughs> we're, we're completely ignoring the thing about the doors. <laughs> That's not a part of this. Um, Normally, Worf gets promoted when someone dies right. ahead of him. That didn't happen this time. He makes it on his own merit. Uh, good for him. Uh, <laughs> but, like, why the fuck this for him? Like, <laughs> I feel like his friends don't truly know him. Yeah. Like, this is, this is the polar opposite of the time they threw him the, uh, the, the Klingon bar mitzvah. Yeah, like, yeah. That was like, he was like, really into that and yeah. this I just see him being like alright they did this like, for them they I'll didn't be, do it for him I, I want to I want to be a lieutenant commander and if this is how we have to do it if you if you insist like fuck really <laughs> uh, it's really Greek system style hazing is yeah. what we're seeing here it's so, gross so they make him jump for a hat and he gets it and then Riker calls for the Plank to disappear, and that's the big reveal that we are on the holodeck, which is uh, pretty... When, when, when your method of transition from 
the the enterprise crew you've loved for 20 years yeah the main character sacrificing himself in the most heroic way right the way of passing the the baton is a fun holodeck scene <laughs> playing dress up with the new crew yeah um it's not a great sign yeah Worf, uh, Worf goes into the drink. Everybody's having a big laugh, and Data's like, Doc, why is everybody laughing? Worf is swimming around in cold water. With really bloody knees. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys noticed that? When, when Worf tries to climb out, both he's of his covered knees in blood. have s- blood streaming down. <laughs> really? Are there sharks on the holodeck? Maybe that's why Beverly's so pissed. <laughs> so Data shoves Bev in the water. And everybody's like, Data, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's a $10,000 movie wig going into the drink. (laughs) That's never going to be the same. They don't just dry out. (laughs) Um, uh, This scene ends uh, with Captain Picard getting a a message from from Starfleet that uh, he takes on the arch, and uh, it really kills his mood. Uh, you can tell because Deanna Troy suddenly looks very concerned and he storms off of the ship uh, and then uh, Riker gets a like a distress signal called down from the bridge, right? And he calls red alert and so everybody has to run up to the bridge in their like Napoleonic war <laughs> naval uniforms which is a fucking awesome look to be honest. Like <laughs> that shit looks great when they're all standing there with their swords in like, in, like three quarter profiles on the bridge. Oh, so good. The blood continuity isn't right with Worf, though. Oh, shit. I didn't even notice He's that. He's got clean knees. Did you notice that with the, uh, with the upgrade in rank, they gave him a seat back there? Yeah. At his tactical nice. console? That was nice of them. Hey, Worf, take a load off. You don't have to stand all the time. Sort of like a Walmart greeter having a stool. That's what he's got back there. You don't want him up on his feet for a full shift. Yeah. He's getting on in years. Uh, uh, so uh, so the, the distress signal is coming from a, a star observatory in orbit of the Amargosa star. And this observatory has been attacked. They scan it. There's like a lot less people on board than are supposed to be there. And they beam over a bunch of people to... Again, uh, Worf like, looks at the ratio and he's like... Why are we complaining? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it seems like the bad guys are gone, so victory, right? <laughs> and uh, they beam over to this thing, and it's real torn up. And uh, among the people that they get back is uh, Sting. Sting is there. And uh, the, uh, the bloody cuts that he had on his face have hardened into terrifying scars. Um, He's noodling on a bass guitar. <laughs> Yeah, dude looks like he lost real bad in a knife fight to Leto Atreides or something. <laughs> I'm going to need more alcohol if you're going to keep dropping <laughs> those references. I'm just saying, that's the Kwisatz Hatterach's dad. He can handle himself in a Jesus knife fight. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, these are our people. They're eating that up. Yeah. <laughs> much, much like the last time we met Sting, he's like, get me back there. <laughs> I want to be where I was, not where I am now. <laughs> and uh, Riker transmits this message up to the captain. The captain is like just having a full-on bum out in the, uh, in the ready room. 
Um, like, he's so bummed out, he's not even using the leaning wall. Like, the leaning wall is not going to comfort him in this situation. And, uh, and, and Riker, Riker comes over, all for the leaning wall. <laughs> People feel really bad for that one sick, that one flat that they put some carpet samples on. <laughs> uh, uh, and Riker's like, hey, like, there's, a, there's some dead Romulans over there. Kind of a mystery, but... Uh, <laughs> And there's also a guy that really wants to talk to you, and, and Captain Picard's like, all right, fine, don't care, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. I'll go find him in the buffet line later. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what they find on these uh, Romulan strike orders is uh, an important plot point, Adam. A compound called trilithium. Trilithium? Yes, an experimental compound the Romulans have been working on. Trilithium is a nuclear inhibitor. In theory, it could stop all fusion within a star. Shimoda However, Corner. the Romulans never found a way to see. Do you guys like that they have like they an NES plugged in back there with like, <laughs> like a knockoff Tetris game or something <laughs> going on? <laughs> Riker's like, try lithium, like three-way lithium? Yeah. I'm familiar with that concept. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good joke. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> I think uh, this is when, when Picard goes, uh, goes down to 10 forward and meets up with, with Sting, and he's like, like hey, bud, I, I heard you were trying to get in touch. And he's like, hey, listen, like, there's a really important experiment going on on, uh, on the observatory. If I don't get back there in the next 12 hours, like, it's years of work out the window. Like, you know, the boss is going to be pissed, like, got to help me out, dude. And Picard is like, uh, you know, we, we're running an investigation. We'll get you back there as soon as we can, but no promises. And uh, It's a real dangerous place over there. There's a bunch of bodies inside bread box covers. <laughs> still investigating. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, uh, lot of uh, chroma green paint splattered around. <laughs> uh, the other thing that's happening in this scene is Jordy and Data have wandered in, and Data is tripping balls. <laughs> so Data left that holodeck simulation just fucking racked with guilt. He was so upset, so mad at himself, and he was like, oh, I am such an idiot. Why did I push the doctor in the water? Oh, I hate myself. I hate feelings. Which is a thousand times more guilt than he displayed over stealing the ship. <laughs> He's done so many worse things than that. Yeah. Um, his but solution this is to the one. feeling this bad is, uh, hey, I should, uh, I should try emotions on for size. Maybe that'll help. Maybe doing heroin would fix this headache. <laughs> I just feel like people that wrote this arc for Data didn't know what Data's motivations were. This is like a deus ex machina for Data, and yet his motivation to do it is, like, feeling bad. I also feel like they way overestimated how much we would care. <laughs> yeah. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, Are we really invested in Data's pursuit of humanity at this point? Enough to give him a full B storyline. Because <laughs> that's what he gets. Yeah, he is, like, 100% the the secondary 
story in this in this uh, in this film. And spoiler alert, he fucks up everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they uh, they beam Data and Jordy over, and they're like walking around with uh, with scanning equipment, looking for trilithium, and Data. <laughs> comes out from behind some like pile of wreckage just laughing his, his ass off. <laughs> and he's like laughing at some joke that Jordy told in the first episode and uh, just really taking it like way too far. He's unfit for duty. He went to work after getting drunk the night before, still <laughs> drunk the next day. That's the version of data we get. Yeah. Yeah, it's like he's dosed himself with acid and didn't realize that that's a 12-hour situation. Yeah. <laughs> He needs a safe place, and he needs a caretaker. Yeah. He has neither. He needs, like, some, some orange tang and, like, a, a wet towel to put over his head. Yeah. <laughs> He's, uh, I feel like you know a lot more about this than I do. I grew up listening to rap music. <laughs> Are Ben's parents still in the audience? <laughs> um, <laughs> they, uh, they you forgot about that, didn't you? <laughs> I was trying to. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> they, find like, um, they find like a book in a bookcase that when they pull it, it opens a secret, secret passage, and behind it there are a whole bunch of torpedoes and science crap, and uh, they're like, hey, what's this stuff over here? There's like a subspace damping field going on, and, uh, and uh, who should come around the corner but Sting? We don't know how he got there. Never he was explained. never given permission to no, be there. Yeah. Do you think he jaked the shuttlecraft? <laughs> O'Brien isn't in this movie, is he? No. No. I think we only hear a transporter cheap in this movie. Yeah. And it's definitely not an Irishman. Um, yeah, but uh, Soren comes in and he's like, I, I love the gun that he has because like, this was like peak the era when people would hold up a gun and then turn it sideways in movies. <laughs> And he holds his up, and then the gun goes it sideways. It turns itself sideways, yeah. <laughs> Takes, you know, saves him a step, you know? Yeah. He, he avoids some, uh, some, some, uh, that's like an OSHA-approved gat, you know? Like, he's not he going to get a... He doesn't need to wear the wrist brace when he uses Repetitive stress it. injury. <laughs> it's also the most threatening thing about him. Yeah. Uh, he starts shooting at them. Data is fucking terrified, and, uh... And immediately uh, shits himself. <laughs> uh, I think Jordy is like knocked out at some point. Yeah. And uh, Worf and Riker like uh, are uh, and and Soren manages to fire one of these torpedoes into the star, and it like starts like blinking out, and there's like a shockwave expanding out. They've got four or five minutes to to get away from this thing, so Worf and Riker have to do like a like a. Uh, like a, like a recon mission, a, a, a search and rescue mission onto, onto the observatory to, to get Jordy and Data back. And they come in, and Riker is in full Schwarzenegger. <laughs> like, he's, like, moving things to the side, you know, ducking under phaser fire, screaming his head off. It's great. Enterprise to Commander Riker, you have two minutes left. You hear that, Soren? We got a level 12 shockwave coming in. We gotta get out of here! Get to the chopper! <laughs> Everybody get down! 
This is the only thing Riker has to do the entire movie. Yeah, this is, this is a big moment. Yeah. I'd say he fucking killed it. This is one of ten scenes where we have mismatched uniforms, too. There's no uniform continuity in this film at all. Yeah. They were like, uh, I feel, yeah, like, uh, I feel like a big box of the TNG uniforms were, like, lost in shipping. And they were like, well, we've got these Deep Space Nine uniforms. I guess we're going <laughs> to... I mean, they make everybody look terrible. Yeah, we got to warn you, they're awful. <laughs> all right. Even if you don't have punch, they make you look super punchy. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and let's be honest, everybody has punch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, uh, the Enterprise gets away. Soren gets onto a Klingon ship, and, uh, and they get away. Uh, he's got Geordi with him. Um, I guess the data makes it back to the Enterprise. Geordi is uh, taken hostage. And, um, and so the Enterprise has got to figure out where, where Sting went, why he's hanging out with these Klingons, and uh, what the Romulans have to do with it. And so Guinan uh, comes in and raps with Picard, who is super bent out of shape because he uh, lost his uh, beloved brother, Robert, and uh, his nephew, Rene in a uh, terrible fire. <laughs> like the least 24th century disaster of all time. Robert's like, I, I don't want microwaves. <laughs> I don't want smoke detectors. Yeah. I don't want fire extinguishers. I don't want any of it. Yeah. In my giant wooden home. <laughs> I feel like he was smoking a pipe in bed. Yeah. <laughs> Just drifted off. On his bed of hay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had ripped off that tag on the mattress and thereby made it flammable. I don't want a Casper. That's how that works, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so Guinan is like, hey, listen, that guy that you have on board, his name is Sting. And that thing that, thing that killed Kirk and that he's chasing is called the Nexus, and it's heaven. It makes, it makes joy reality. Like, it is a place where time doesn't exist. You are surrounded by everything you want. And it's way more powerful than whatever data's on <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's heaven. It's like, it's like the greatest place in the world, right? Yeah. Like, the, the greatest imaginable place. And Soren and is willing to stop at nothing to get back to it. And Guinan kind of took the opposite thing. She's like, she's like, I was chasing that dragon for a long time, man. I think about it every day. I've been, like, she's got, like, her, her like, wooden nickel, and uh, she's like, I, like... Hello, my name is Guinan. <laughs> Hello, Guinan. And I've, and I've been in the Nexus. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, she's, she's trying to forget what it was like because she's got to live in the real world now. She's a thousand years old. She's one of the smartest people we've ever met, and she's, like, got a warning. She's like, if you ever go there... You're, You're never in big, gonna big leave. trouble. Yeah, like it is, like you are going to be powerless. She's like the nexus, the nexus, not even once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she shows the picture of of of, uh, of Sting, yeah. and then of of Soren. It's like, look at that fucking scar. <laughs> this guy used to be in the police. <laughs> now look at him. <laughs> So speaking of Sting, he's on board the uh, the uh, bird of prey uh, with the uh, with the Klingons, and um, it feels like he was uh, the, that bird of prey feels a lot like the Bart that we rode in a town. 
really filled all of my senses. Mm -hmm. <laughs> True story, when I, was, uh, when I was a kid growing up here in the Bay Area, I, um, rode that, I rode the BART to a concert in the city with a friend of mine, and he was pantomiming like a joke, like he was going to lick one of the seats, and the train like did one of these. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's dead. <laughs> His name, Jim Shimoda. <laughs> that was a real drunk Shimoda move on his part. <laughs> um, he was the drunk Shimoda of my childhood. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this is strike two for Jordy, right? Because <laughs> they get like his shirt off, and it's like another like kinked out torture scene. Yeah. Like. Like LeVar Burton has got to be like. I feel like Are you he was kidding me. He was punished script? for his note earlier yeah. about the ship scene. Yeah, like the uh, like the executive producer walked past, past his star wagon and saw that he'd erased Jordy on on the on the door and put Kunta on. <laughs> and they're like, "You're gonna pay for that, Burton." <laughs> it's uh, not great. <laughs> so. The, the Enterprise is pretty quick to figure out the plan, right? They like, they're like, okay, he's blowing up stars. What does that do to the Nexus? Changes its path. Uh, the path is now going to uh, hit this planet if they blow up the star in the Viridian system. Going to the Viridian system. So they go, and even though the uh, Klingons are cloaked, they're just like, they're like broadcasting to anything in the system, like, they get on the megaphone. They're yeah. like, hey, we know you're in here somewhere. Yeah. We're going to stop you. Yeah. We promise. <laughs> come, out, come out with your hands where we can see them. <laughs> Do not go for your registration or license. <laughs> and uh, and uh, they, they get on the FaceTime, and they're like, hey, listen, like, we know what you're up to. Why don't we do a prisoner exchange? Picard is like, I'll trade you me for Jordy. You give us back Jordy, I'll come over there. But first, I got to go down to the planet and beat up that old man. <laughs> Thus, not giving you anything <laughs> and instead putting myself down there. It's a trade that benefits no one. It's like Lawyer Picard steps on a rake. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Matlock choking himself with his own bolo tie. <laughs> Oh man, uh, so um, so yeah. The uh, the deal here is they they beam Picard down, and Picard starts like trying to talk Soren out of murdering two hundred million people living on one of the other planets in this system. Jordy gets beamed over to the Enterprise, and he like he does that thing where he materializes on the platform and just like collapses in a heap. We don't see the scene before that, though, of the Klingons holding him up by, by two arms yeah. and then letting him go. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they, 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 like, put his uniform back on him? They're like, don't let him know what we did to him. They, like, stick clips on the back of it yeah. to hold it together. Like, how do you get this fucking zipper to work? <laughs> and is it just me or are these looking really dumpy? Yeah. I feel like this guy used to be pretty svelte, right? <laughs> I mean, he looks good with his shirt off. Why does this make him look terrible? <laughs> Who's his tailor? <laughs> it's like he walked into a men's warehouse, took something off the rack, and said, Peace. <laughs> I don't need anything taken in. 
They're, they're not making those $3,000 uniforms anymore. They've outsourced the work to Joseph A. Bank. <laughs> <laughs> the most absorbent uniforms. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Picard is down there, and he's, like, uh, trying to talk Soren out of this diabolical plan. Um, Soren has a like a force field surrounding him, and Picard keeps walking around like tossing pebbles at him at a, at the at the force field. You know, he's testing it for weaknesses. <laughs> when he looks at you, you can tell he's working things out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, the Klingons have uh, surreptitiously installed like a webcam in Jordy's visor. Which is a thing that's happened before to Jordy. Yeah. You, you would think that they would like, just like when he comes back on board the ship as a matter of routine, see if there's any uh, radio waves coming off him that weren't there before. See if there's a nanny cam inside his visor, which yeah. there is. That leads us to this hilarious gag. Human females are so repulsive. Get it? Get it? Gates is looking foxy in this movie. I know. Every, like, like Gates McFadden, Marina Sirtis, Larissa and Bator, Lavar Burton, Patrick Stewart look like fucking movie stars. Yeah. yeah. Everybody else is like, you should just be on TV. <laughs> Sort of like uh, when podcasters do this live. Yeah. It's this is what we look like. Yeah. I'm sorry to disappoint sorry. you. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, um, <laughs> this, was, uh, this is how they find out the single number that apparently is the only thing you need to know about shields to defeat them. Yeah, there's one point verification here. Yeah. It's like uh, having one, two, three, four, five be the code on your luggage. Like, it seems crazy, right? That a single, like, just that one number, which is like up on a big screen in the middle of engineering, <laughs> and you're and you've got the Enterprise dead to rights. But the uh, the Klingons start start shooting like you know low rent torpedoes at them, and uh, <laughs> the Enterprise is basically helpless to defend itself. The it's embarrassing. There's a lot of bangers going on. It's real bad, and uh, and uh, and uh, oh, you know, I I kind of jumped ahead actually, because before they get fired on, uh, something pretty important happens. Adam, are you talking about the most embarrassing scene in this or any Star Trek movie? Yeah, I don't I don't want to leave it out. So I feel like we should I feel like we should just okay. I, I don't need to set up. You guys know what the fuck I'm talking about. Can you find a way to scan for life forms? I would be happy to, sir. Why does everyone just like this? Scattering of applause. Scanning for life forms. Life forms. You tiny little life forms. <laughs> you precious little life forms. Where are you? <laughs> when I saw this movie as a kid. That there was definitely like a couple weeks where I was I That practiced. scene makes fun of you. <laughs> Yeah, it really, uh, really uh, diminishes all of us, doesn't it? Yeah. When, when we tell people we're big fans of Star Trek and they think of things like that, 
I don't know that we have a leg to stand on. <laughs> that scene is a race to the bottom. <laughs> yeah. um, so these bangers are getting dropped. Uh, it's going really bad. Picard has found a way to slip through the force field and uh, is basically getting his ass kicked by Soren. <laughs> it's just like a big fat old man fight down on the surface. And uh, up, up in space, it is the ship getting shredded. And um, there's, there's one shot where they show like the saucer section and the drive section, and the drive section is just like shredded, and the saucer section is doing great. It's like, <laughs> like the Klingons can't hit that part. It's like a car that's been in an accident, but the windshield's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Or, 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 like, um, or like the opposite, a car that's been in an accident, but the only thing they've replaced so far is like the driver's side door. Yeah. <laughs> like that part looks great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they get, they get pretty badly torn up, and, uh, and um, it, it, uh, it does something bad to the engine. And uh, this, gives, this gives Jordy an opportunity to, uh, to do something pretty sexy. To redeem himself. Pretty sexy. Yeah. <laughs> He knows he looks good. <laughs> um, I like that that door comes... He's like, we've got five minutes before this thing blows up, and the door's like... <laughs> he really gets under it, though. Like, the, uh, if that was like a typical garage door, he would have hit the sensor, and the door would have gone back up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One thing I noticed in this... Uh, there's like a fairly extended evacuation scene. I mean, we knew that there are families on board the Enterprise, but we see, like, who's getting evacuated from the Star Drive section. It's, like, 80% small children. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Is it a school bus or a fucking starship? <laughs> it's all daycare in the saucer. Like, I finally get what Picard was complaining about in the first episode. <laughs> it's like, they've given me a ship with children on board. Nothing but children on board. <laughs> How many ball pits are in the saucer section, do you think? <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to make do with the two. You know, yeah. the like dozen that are down there in the Star Trek. <laughs> but, so uh, they have all kinds of time to evacuate, but uh, at no point do they consider firing those escape pods. No, yeah. They're, there's, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, um, and uh, not only... Uh, well, so, yeah, they don't use the escape pods. The star drive blows up, and it, uh, it drops a really bad banger on the saucer before they can clear it, which is a surprise, because Riker's great at, at uh, saucer separations. He lives for this, and yeah. this, is the, this is the one scar on his perfect saucer separation <laughs> record right now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that that's going to be on, like, a, on his service record after this? Like... <laughs> Well, Poor Deanna Troy is like the scapegoat here, too. They stick her at the wheel, and she's <laughs> driving it all the way in. I, I, uh, I, was, uh, I was reading on, online today that she burned her butt in that scene. When she, when she takes over at helm, there was like a flaming piece of wreckage sit on the seat, and she sat on it. <laughs> and, and they had to like cancel the shoot for a day, I think. <laughs> I felt so bad to hear that. <laughs> LeVar Burton's like, see? <laughs> yeah. You guys are assholes, okay? But uh, this, this leads to like, the, great, 
the great special effects sequence in makes this the film. movie worth it yeah like this is worth the like ten dollars it, it almost negates the life form song yeah almost matter antimatter um yeah the uh the saucer section uh cannot cannot stay in orbit and it starts uh, starts going down great extended crash landing sequence on the surface that they did with like a real model that was like 10 feet across just the best crash land sequence oh no <laughs> We should have had a trigger warning on this show. <laughs> Is that why I'm the only one doing it? <laughs> you see, Adam? <laughs> it's very upsetting to hear that voice. It makes me want to die inside a little bit. You've got to have a trigger warning, you see. <laughs> Are we done with that bit? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> the two horrible people that we bring up on the show all the yeah. time. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the uh, saucer section crashing, uh, and uh, this uh, this episode manages to work in a valuable lesson about the importance of wearing your seatbelt. So that's 10 forward up there. And I guess that's 11 forward. I don't know. I, lo I, I wished that like Guinan had like come up to the window and like, oh man, <laughs> we're not supposed to be on a planet. <laughs> I feel Just, like her big soft hat was made for this scene. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a safety device. It's like a Hans device around her head. <laughs> now when you're crashing a starship. <laughs> You want to make sure you wear an OSHA-proof hat hat. <laughs> we like to post signs on the entrances and exits of our job sites to remind people that safety first. And if you're feeling really frisky, you can go into the shop and make a sign that keeps track of how many days it's been since the last disaster. <laughs> we have no record skip to get out of that. <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice. So that's the end of act two, is it not? Or do we have more act two? Let's get out of it. I mean, the end is like the fucking Nexus hits the planet and Soren wins. Sting always wins. <laughs> not, when, uh, not when he was going up against Muad'Dib. Sure. <laughs> I know you're afraid of that bit, Adam, but fear is the mind killer, all right? I'm just trying to yes and you the best I can. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Picard wakes up, and uh, he is in the Nexus. The Nexus, we will, we will now take this opportunity to remind you, is like the greatest thing you can possibly imagine, like perfect, a perfect way to live, and it is outside of time. It's the best thing you can possibly imagine. It's heaven. It's like the opposite of Zool. Zool yeah. wants to know your greatest fear. The Nexus wants to know your biggest dream. It's like wrapping yourself in joy, Guinan says. And uh, what would you imagine Picard's, <laughs> Picard's Nexus looks like? I imagine it involves a zipper mask. <laughs> <laughs> Not for him. 
I wish I'd put that music drop on here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, because we're left to wonder what Sting's Nexus is. Like, he's going fucking buck wild trying to get back into his Nexus. That would have done so much for this movie to yeah. know what that compulsion was. Yeah. Picard's is not what we would have expected. <laughs> Um, right here we've got a uh, little uh, cameo appearance from 90s mom hair. Same actress, amazingly enough. Which is surprising, right? Like, it should have been Beverly, right? It should have been. It would have been nice. But this movie was for the lowest common denominator audience who was not familiar with Star Trek. Right. They didn't know the uh, will they, won't they thing that he and Beverly sort of have. So Picard's biggest fantasy is five <laughs> kids and a redhead for a wife. And like a really Out of a Charles Dickens book. Yeah, like super old house. Um, there's a pretty funny shot at one point in here. You see like a... Uh, like Battle of Trafalgar Soldier with Picard's face on it. <laughs> it's like his whole thing is like is like he's the end of the line, right? And and uh, Renee is one of the characters in this in this uh, scene, played by a different actor from the TV show. But uh, I think like, it says a lot about uh, Picard and his ability to hold a grudge when <laughs> Robert is not in this fantasy <laughs> at all. Robert's still dead, yeah. <laughs> and he stays dead. My brother bought the farm. I have an opportunity to have everything I want in the world, and I'm just going to leave him out of that. <laughs> He's buried in a shallow grave out back. I think uh, this scene is the most poignant illustration of how anhedonic Picard is as a character, because we have been told that he will be powerless to resistance by Guinan, who is a like mystical being who is a thousand years old and wise beyond that. And uh, we're about like two minutes in when this happens. He's like walking around the house. He's like, oh look at look at that uh, look at that one ornament. This gives me an awful feeling. <laughs> the music goes all discordant. He's like, this is fucked up. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> and uh, that's when Guinan shows up. Like the second Picard breaks his own his own spell, she's like, "Hey, hey she what's up, buddy? Up. I'm also in this house. <laughs> How's it going?" It's so weird because her appearance is like riding a Sky Mall catalog merry-go-round, like a fifty thousand dollar giant full-scale merry-go-round in the house. Yeah, yeah. Is that her fantasy or his? I don't know. Yeah, somebody, somebody definitely like like went to FAO Schwartz with the black card and was just like one of everything. Yeah, <laughs> have it delivered. <laughs> we'll spend the budget on the merry-go-round, but we'll have no scenes of Soren's fantasy mm -hmm. at all for character building. Yeah, that that merry-go-round probably was like the difference between them hiring another set PA for the entire shoot. Right. <laughs> it's a fancy piece of kit. Yeah. So he's like, Guinan, what do I do? I, I need to stop Soren. He kills so many people to get back here. And, uh, and she's like, I got an idea. Why don't you find another old man? And then you guys go back, and you have a two-against-one old man fight. You remember that old man who was in the movie 40 minutes ago that we haven't seen? Go and find him. 
<laughs> he could have anything he wants in the Nexus. Yeah. He could conjure any amount of help. Right. And instead, he hires a 66-year-old man. <laughs> He's like, hey, Jude, you look, uh, you look uh, pretty uncomfortable in that super thick wool jacket. Do you want to go to a desert and fight an old guy <laughs> with me? <laughs> Do some, some really strenuous physical acting in the hot, hot sun? <laughs> Sounds like fun. <laughs> Kirk is initially, like, not... Like, he, has, he didn't get, like explained what the Nexus was before he was in it. So Picard has to kind of talk him through this being a... Uh, he talks him through his trip. Yeah, yeah, totally. He's like, he's like why don't you come with me to the chill-out tent? <laughs> Here, have this orange juice. <laughs> Just chill out for a little bit. Why don't you take a drink of water, man? I know that you don't want to, but I think it would be good right now. <laughs> why don't you rub your back on that carpet? <laughs> Feels good, right? Feels nice. Feels nice. <laughs> <laughs> smells nice too, but that's like synesthesia. That's, that's yeah. that can be part of it, guys. Um, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Kirk is eventually persuaded because uh, they go for a, a ride on some nice ponies, and Kirk jumps <laughs> jumps his pony over a hole, and he's like, "That's supposed to be terrifying, but it's not." And, uh, <laughs> and so. <laughs> I guess that's all the motivation he needs to go. As it's equally flimsy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Flaccid? <laughs> Let's go with that one. Sure. On brand for us. We'll oh. edit this later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they, uh, they go back and, um, and they, uh, they confront Soren. And it's a fun shot where you think it's, it's Picard stepping into frame. Soren looks up and he's terrified. But then it uh, turns out it's Kirk. He doesn't see the captain attacking from the side. Yeah. Because Picard clever girls him. Yeah. Yeah. Soren is just unfolding that thing on his gun. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, they, they barely win, right? Like, Soren is still kind of too much of a match for two captains at this, at this point. It is a real sloppy-looking fight. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of heaving and sweating. <laughs> and it's a lot of like, you know, like, oh, he dropped his remote control. You run after that. I'll distract him. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's like Keystone Cops level <laughs> stage combat, which is like, this is fucking Kirk and Picard. Like, and this is supposed to be the like, operatic heightening of two like, awesome entries to one of our favorite franchises. And it's like... Uh, it's kind of like probably the same rocks where Kirk f- fought the fought that like lizard man. Yeah. <laughs> like it's probably That's the same canon. Probably the same stupid rocks where the Mentakins live. Like <laughs> just go back there. And uh <laughs> and uh two old men fight over the remote. Yeah. <laughs> you it's just the apex of this movie. You just see you see at the base of the rocket 12 12 yeah. 12. <laughs> 60 minutes is on. <laughs> they, uh, they just, just barely managed to, uh, to get Soren distracted long enough for Picard to do a little prank on the rocket launcher. And uh, Soren, Soren gets there a little late.
like this jump cut. Do you think they racked that or did they jump cut it? Yeah, it's a, it's a good. Now, when you're building a rocket launching platform out of a core 10 steel, you're going to want to put a lot of barrels of rocket fuel down around the base of it. That'll ensure a nice Hollywood explosion when the docking clamps don't release in time. Now, when you're fixing a metal ramp between two sheer metal, <laughs> sheer rock faces, you want to use a countersinking concrete screw. <laughs> you can find a bit that'll go nicely through rock at your local hardware store. We're going to use a nice chain link as a handrail on this, on this catwalk because we don't anticipate it holding any amount of weight. <laughs> Even though it's actually going to hold a lot of weight. <laughs> A lot of paunchy weight. Kirk's not just in like a wool jacket. He's like, he's got like a thick ass turtleneck. This is not, not a fun scene to shoot for him, I bet. And he rides the ramp all the way down. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so Soren is, Soren's dead. A uh, antagonist we never really cared about and never got to know, got, got to know at all. Yeah. Like, who cares? Didn't seem that dangerous to anybody or anything that we knew. Do you think the problem was character with him, or should they have recast him? I think it was. I think it was a bit of character, but also like none of the things that he threatens are ever established. Like we never, we never meet his victims, so we don't like they never feel real to us. Like the there's a pa a planet in the system that is gonna is gonna get wiped out if he blows up the star with 200 million people on them. We don't fucking know them. We don't care about them. We don't. Like all they need to do is cut to like the surface of the planet and show like a kid running in the yeah. in the field like chasing. We never see the stakes, but also I think he was miscast. Like how great would Ed Harris have been <laughs> in something like this? Who is just like intrinsically dark? I don't think he was quite old enough at the time. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna want a real old guy for this part. There are uh, so many old guys in this movie, though. <laughs> there really are. A lot of the, like, people in the bridge when Cameron is captain are super old, and it's like, why is this, why is this fucking high school kid the captain? <laughs> and there's a bunch of, like, 65-year-old men going, Captain, we're getting a, a distress signal. <laughs> like, you're still in the radio room, dude? Put your act together. So Picard scampers down the rock face, finds a dying Kirk. Yeah. You can tell he's dying because blood's coming out of his mouth. That's mm -hmm. code for about to die on camera. <laughs> yeah. Picard like pulls a bunch of the a bunch of the wreckage of the uh, weird catwalks that Soren had set up, and Kirk is like, "That was fucking sweet." <laughs> Picard's like, "Respect knuckles." Game recognized game, dude. Wasn't it worth leaving your perfect version of heaven to come out here and die? <laughs> In like five minutes? Yeah. <laughs> for like a, an outcome that you, like, you're just going to have to take my word for it that this was worth doing. Yeah. It was like, don't worry, I'm going to give you the respectful burial you deserve. <laughs> As Which is basically making sure your body isn't eaten by coyotes. <laughs> like, he's just buried under a mound of rocks. Yeah. It's, like a, it. it's like a cairn. Essentially, and um, those rocks are gonna get hot the next day, Ben. Yeah, and then what? 
then there's going to be some leakage. <laughs> yeah. That wool is not absorbent enough to take on that body <laughs> decomposition. Yeah, that's a wicking material. <laughs> there's just going to be Kirk slurry going down <laughs> the sides of the mountain. <laughs> and that hair is not going to break down. No, no. That's made of tougher stuff. <laughs> uh, the, so that's uh, how this film staggers to the finish. Yeah, there's like, a, there's like a final scene where they're like sifting through the wreckage of the saucer section. Data finds his cat. And, uh, Data who should be in prison right now <laughs> because this is all his fault. And uh, yeah, Picard, uh, Picard uh, finds his old book, his Shakespeare book. And uh, yeah, like, like they literally just show like the fleet that came to clean up after the crash <laughs> warp off into the sunset and that's it. What was it all for? <laughs> <laughs> we went on a tour for all that shit. <laughs> It made no sense at any point. <laughs> I don't think this movie was for us, though. And I don't mean us as in to use as a podcast device. I mean, I feel like in a lot of ways, this movie was not meant for Star Trek fans. You mean like they were trying to get like a more general audience out there? Yeah. They're like, let's make it super dumb. It's nonsensical. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get them out. <laughs> Did you like this, this, not this episode? Did you like this movie, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> I have to admit I did too. Yeah, there's a lot to like about it actually. Like it is completely flawed. Yeah. But, but it's, it's like, great. It's like a fun popcorn movie. Like I think that the 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 last action scene, if you can set that aside, and if you can set aside the life form song. Which you have to to enjoy this movie. Yeah. If I were to release a cut of this movie, I would make no changes except for that. <laughs> Director's cut. Not the director of the movie, just right. another director. <laughs> um, it's beautifully shot. Yeah. There's like a couple of retread special effects, but all of the new special effects are fucking great. Like, really cool. And uh, Lursa and Bator are real fun yeah. uh, characters. Kind of sad that they killed them off. I feel like they could have... Uh, it would have been nice to keep them. They would have been a lot better than who we get in the movies to come after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, uh, this movie does kind of fuck up the, the continuity with regard to the Borgs. Like, like, if Kirk and McCoy met Guinan... Or if, I mean, if, uh, not McCoy, if, uh, if Chekhov met Guinan, like, somebody could have warned the Federation a long time ago about the Borgs. I, I was just looking for an uh, excuse to play. He's a Borg! Oh, oh yeah, no. there. <laughs> we got the Borg! When you hit the button and nothing happened, I was so confused. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I? <sighs> Live shows are fun. <laughs> We're learning. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's fun to watch this movie every so often. And not every day for four days straight. <laughs> <laughs> about that, about that. Well, that's the end of Star Trek Generations. <laughs> we did it. I just have one more question though. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? Did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda? 
in this movie. Um, <laughs> I think I actually have the whole song here. Uh, maybe I don't. I don't know. It's really hard to read the little tiny text on my little tiny iPad. Um, so, <laughs> my Shimoda is uh, is Sting, um, <laughs> for a, a a line that happens when he uh, when he meets up with Picard in the Windjammer Cafe at the buffet line. Um, <laughs> You're gonna refill the shrimp, right? <laughs> There's more coming. So, so his character motivation in this scene is convince the captain of the ship that just saved me to let me go back and finish my science experiment. And Picard is pretty forcefully like telling him, like it's not entirely in my hands. Like we've got some protocols here. And Picard starts to walk away, and he grabs him, and he's like, "Time is the fire we all burn in." <laughs> is that how you convince somebody that they need to like do what you want them to do? <laughs> Do you know what fire does to a human body? <laughs> like the worst possible timing. Do you know what fire would do to, say, a 12-year-old boy <laughs> and his 85-year-old father? Which, by the way, is so strange. What's an 80-year-old man doing with a son that young? <laughs> that would, I mean, what's up with that? That would be like me dating a girl for like 10 or 15 years, then getting married, and then a couple years later deciding to have a kid. <laughs> And I'm super old already. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sting has a, a bunch of those, like, crazy lines. Like, he has the, like, I've got a date with, an eter- with eternity, and I don't want to be late. <laughs> it's like they wrote, a, they wrote, like, a bunch of lines that were supposed to be for, like, the Joker in a Batman film. <laughs> The first draft with Malcolm McDowell was like, uh, I noticed none of this dialogue would ever make the trailer. <laughs> and so I would instead like all of my dialogue to make the trailer. Yeah, and then not really make sense in context right. when people come see the film. Yeah. Uh, how about yourself? Did you have a Shimoda? To me, the only possible Shimoda is Picard mm. for his awful choices <laughs> in who he takes with him to go fight Soren. <laughs> He yeah. could, he could like, have done like what the, uh, what the Time Bandits did and come back with a laser tank. He could have come back with a laser tank made of Kirks. <laughs> <laughs> he could have come back with 40 Kirks or 40 horse-sized Kirks or 40 duck-sized Kirks. <laughs> yeah. That's, as the joke was yesterday. That's an internet thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he does none of that. Instead, he, he takes standard-sized, standard-age... Kirk back with him. Yeah. And gets his ass kicked. <laughs> it's a photo finish at the end. They barely win. Yeah. I think it drops Picard down on the whole list of great Star Trek captains, though. Like, yeah. I don't think he bounces back from this. Everybody knows that Janeway is the best captain. Ooh, some Maybe. <laughs> There's some people in here that know I'm right, and there are other people in here that are wrong. I'm a Jellicoe man. You're a Jellico man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm a DeSoto guy. I mean, if we're, if we're picking second stringers. <laughs> That's fair. Um, well, that is the episode, is it not? It is. Thanks for coming out, guys. Thank you so much. Fun.
It seems it sounds like people are yelling angry angrily at us, Adam. That must mean we forgot something. Yeah, there's a few points of order here. Uh, <laughs> we promised, in order to bait you out here, that we would give someone in the audience a natural Jaeger. Yeah. I, and I like the, the fun fact that the eBay resale value of a natural Jaeger is worth more than our take on any given stop on the tour. We are, we are, we're forever in the red yeah. because of the Jaegers. This fucking tour has been a bloodbath. <laughs> Please get some merch after the show. Please. We're never touring again after this. <laughs> uh, so we're going to do it Oprah Win- Winfrey style. Yeah. Uh, check under your seat. Yeah. Someone's got a Jaeger and under their seat. It's taped under their seat. And somebody's got a Pontiac. Yeah. No, it's a... A uh, $1,000 value. <laughs> Under your seat. It's, it's taped pretty well. Can we have the house lights? Yeah. That's Yay! it! <laughs> Please get out of here safely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, I think there's still some time to hang at the bar, and we're going to be in here doing merch after the show, and we'd love to meet all of you. So yeah, come, uh, come say, hi. say hi. Thank you so much. This has been The Greatest Generation. Thanks, guys. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.